When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the best of breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. We made it to day two. And after reminding Brandy that it is Valentine's Day, we then asked you on the back of the Super Bowl, would you like to see anything from major sporting events overseas brought into the big sporting events here? Ah, I don't think I get tired of that song. Uh, welcome to the show. Second one for the year. Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy right here on 1170 AM in Sydney and right across the SEN network. Tell you all about the stations in a moment. But if you're listening, it means you're up and about. And the alternative to not being up and about and uh, not being able to hear and uh, be part of the program is probably disappointing. Because we have a massive show planned on the back of an episode where we had the Prime Minister, no less, Mr Anthony Albanese on the program. We are now in post-Super Bowl mode. We're calling this the Charlie Goodsir Memorial Edition of the Breakfast Program. Charlie hasn't backed up for work today. I don't know what he's got, but um, he's not here. Brandy, consider this. The first bus has crashed for the year. Via breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. We've, we've crashed the Eagles bus. There we go. One bus down. Well uh, we have. Uh, unconfirmed, but monkey pox is the rumour that Charlie Goodsir has. So. <laughs> well, hang on a second. I think there's another name I, for it these days. I don't know whether. I, uh, the, the monkey po- <laughs> have we ca- <laughs> Did we come up with another name for it? I think that, we have, yes, we have. Was that rude I to the monkeys, know. was it? We, we didn't. It was, yes. The monkeys were very confused. Okay. Very confused. Um, Vossi, Super Bowl yesterday was was a fantastic game. If you're if you're an NFL fan, uh, you you couldn't have done any better than that. Super Bowl thirty five all with eight seconds to go, um, and even though the, the the kick was it was only twenty five meters out, the kicker had, had been a bit dodgy, missed one earlier, so uh, it was it was right down to the wire. It was a fantastic event. Um, I, I didn't realise that over a hundred million people. In the U.S., watch Super Bowl. That's a th- mm. that's a quarter of the country. They mm. watch Super Bowl. It's, an in- it's it's by far the biggest U.S. sport, the NFL. I can never Super recall Bowl it being as big as what it is yesterday. Here, it's never been as big here. Like it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I had a local cafe yesterday. He shut down for the day. <laughs> he had day off work to watch the Super Bowl. Andrew Webster writes today in the Herald. Uh, for decades, the Melbourne Cup on the first Tuesday in November has been the preferred day for weekday daytime drinking while watching a sporting event. But that's changing, especially for a younger demographic that feels uneasy about horse racing and follows American sports as closely, if not more, than the staples of the NRL, AFL and cricket. For those sports fans, the second Monday in February has become the most important day on the sporting calendar. Brandy, in your lifetime, it's never been as big as this, has it? Super Bowl? No, I, I I don't think so. No, no, no. There was there was there was a little bit of coverage, but you know, way back when I started watching it in the eighties, Vossie, there was gee, it was. Mm. I think the ABC covered it, and you had to. I don't know whether it was live, um, but uh, the the uh, the interest in the NFL and in particular the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is an event. It's 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 an event that younger people get behind. Um, my favourite, Rhiannon, or better known as Rihanna, or as Jared yeah. Waitley would put it, Rihanna, uh, did the halftime show. Now, uh, the, the social media meltdown suddenly, you know, 
is trending, uh, Rihanna, is trending. Um, was that a baby bump? Baby bump is what they were talking about, yeah. as well as the performance. And did they hose mm. down the field? Was she the blame for the slippery field? Tell me, Brandy. I don't know. Gee, they were blowing up about that. There was a that, that was a there was a lot of controversy about the field. The fact that you know they say this is the Super Bowl. We sh- this is something we shouldn't be worried about, whether the field's slippery or not. So yeah, Rihanna got a little bit of the blame for the field. Um, in the end, it you know it didn't determine who won or who lost. Uh, and both quarterbacks were fantastic. Patrick Mahomes is, they said he's just the biggest thing in U.S. sport, Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Well, what's he worth? Like he's paid for a week. Jared Waitley as well here on SEN, the home of sport, um, calling the NFL. Again, I stand by it. He's uh, more exciting than listening to the Americans. He, he calls it, he gives it the Australian football commentary. And by football, I mean AFL and rugby league. I, I don't know whether I recognise other sports like and I've always said, football slash soccer, their commentators talk you through a game. They don't call the craft the same way as an AFL or rugby league commentator. And Jared Waitley takes that to the NFL. Here is Jared's call of a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Biggest noise of the night in the stadium. Mahomes takes the snap, gets rid of it quickly. Tony takes the catch and struts into the end zone. Patrick Mahomes has brought his team from deficit and they are on the cusp of leading Super Bowl 57. Two surgical drives after halftime. See, if I'm an American uh, entrepreneur running some media organisation that does the NFL, I'm not letting Jared get home. I'm arresting him at the airport, kidnapping him and keeping him for next season, albeit it's a fair while before this next season starts, but... You know what I mean? I think I think it makes the game better, way better, with that style of commentary. I'll I'll, mm. I'll throw the, it over to the listeners. They can be the judge. Do they like that style where they just talk you through play by play and break down touchdown? And that's all they say. They don't they don't get as excited. Um, and it's the same with Australian race callers as as, as opposed to overseas callers. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text zero four five seven. Seven three six seven three. So Australian broadcasters have their own style. Well, I think we make it more exciting. Yeah, Rabs. I mean, Rabs calling swimming was better than anything you've ever heard from overseas. Mm. Um, you know, stand by that makes the sport more exciting to watch. Jared Waitley makes and and, a, and I'm using the last two Super Bowls as an example makes it better, better to listen to. No question, makes it more exciting. You match it up to the pitches, way better. Way better, Brandy. Now, I'm going to throw this at you. We said in um, Tradies News in a Nutshell, our Best of Christmas edition this morning. Um, is there anything within reason that the Super Bowl do that you would like to see brought to our biggest days? Let's say, you know, um, State of Origin games or, or our grand final. Is there something they do that, that makes it that little bit more special? They're obviously doing something right, aren't they? The grand and yeah, you know, I, I, the, I the can't think of anything. The, something, the anthem. Anything? Yeah, I, yeah. See, I, I don't know if there's anything that I'd take from what I watched yesterday. Um, but as a fan in the ground, if I was if I was there, um, food's a lot better, bossy. Food's Food. a lot better in American sports. 
I haven't experienced this, the um, the precinct, what happens outside a sporting event such as this, but is that something we can do more of outside? You know, the actual car park parties and all that. Where, where facility well, lends well, itself for that? Do we do well, it? I guess you could. That? Suncorp have a bit of a crack, but I don't, I can't say that, I wouldn't say that um, a core stadium around a core is a necessarily vibrant place. Sometimes it can be. Can we do a little there's, more? There's the, car- there's the caravan out the front you can you know, get a hot dog from. <laughs> yeah. You buy a t-shirt there too. Sort of a yeah. all-stop shop. Um, yeah, I, do, we, do we have a week off? Now that was spoken about. Do well, we have a week yeah, off? Good, good question. Yeah. Mm. Good question. That's a nice one to throw out there, Brandy. So, okay, well, you're, you're throwing the question out there. Do you want to answer that? Would you like to see the whole two-week build-up? Uh, no. I don't think oh, so. There you go. Yeah. But we'll put it out there. The listeners, the listeners have to be the judge. Throw it out there. Um, but I don't, yeah. think I, I, I don't think we need to change what we do. I, I don't know no. if, the, if the, the week off would... Now, the week off, because the week off came up over the last few days about because of the All-Stars game and about the timing yep. of it, uh, and about all the players pulling out of it. Do you play it before the grand final in that week off? Well, I don't know, I, I, but I don't think, I'm a, I don't think I'm, I'd change it. Now, on the other side of it, is there something that you witnessed yesterday that you definitely don't want as part of our big days that we do not adopt, um, that uh, you say, that's a bit naff? In fact, let's go a bit more broadly. Um, for all our listeners, and our listeners are well-travelled, many would have experienced sport overseas, um, is there something in overseas sport that you think we should bring here? Uh, and are there things that you definitely don't want? I'll give you a couple of nominations. One is, having gone to Europe, they don't bat an eyelid at late kickoff times on weeknights. Why, why do we make such a song and dance and we still clutch on to... Uh, school nights and got to go to work the next day. I, I I was going to games that kicked off at eight forty-five at night, like on a Sunday night or a you know, Champions League game at that time on a Wednesday night, and and the stadiums are full. It's part of their life, and they just get on with it, and they turn up the next day at work with, with not tired and emotional. No, it was springing their step, having had sport the previous night. Brent, do you think we've just got it all wrong? We just like to whinge and complain. What's wrong with the, the uh, late yes. kickoff weeknights? Yeah, we can be great whingers. We, we really can. And it comes up every year. Every year it comes up <laughs> about year. state of origin. Every year. The same story is trotted out about it's too late. Kids don't get to watch it now. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get calls, Vossi. And, and you know over your you know, 30 years of broadcasting, um, you... <laughs> If you threw it out and said, "Do we kick off Origin too late?" We'd get it. We'd get a, a thousand calls to say, uh, "Yes, we do." Yes. Kids can't watch it. Can't start past ten thirty. So, mm. not only can they not watch it at home, well, they wouldn't even consider going to the game if it's no. that late. See, I'm sitting at a Serie A game in Rome. It is eight forty-five on a Sunday night to get to the game. It is you are going into a, a stadium, seventy-five thousand crowd, multiple security checks, all of that to go through all of that on a Sunday night, and everyone did it, and everyone wants to be in there. Everyone has a great time after the game. You walk and walk and walk. You can't get a cab. Can't you know? You got to walk. You know, it's it's after midnight by the time you get home, but <laughs> everyone does it. No one's complaining. No, it's it is part of their culture. What is wrong with the late kickoff? Can, can like. When you think about it, what's wrong with Thursday nights? Like, great. 
let's have more sport. I love it. So are we uh, are we winches? Late kickoffs is that a problem? Things I don't want brought here. Smoking at venues. I did experience that in Italy. <laughs> what free Man, free I don't for miss all? That. Oh, free, go for it. Oh, mate. Every, or more than every second person. Just blow a smoke. You know, you pay €250 for a seat. You know, fair income. Like, we just, I couldn't believe it. Like, and what can you do, say? Do we have, do we have a, do we have smoking areas in stadiums? Like, no, no, out, not in areas. No, no, no you nothing. outside. Outside, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, there's just a few for you. Things you can bring in from overseas sport and things that perhaps would never should be here. Uh, on the text, so I'm, 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 I'm going to jump ahead. I'm going to jump ahead and just yes. throw another thing into the mix. Um, oh, okay. Talking about late kickoffs, uh, we start the season with six o'clock Sunday night games. Oh, yes. Would you yeah. like to see the six o'clock game as the locked-in time slot? Dan, have you got that uh, bell sound effect? Because here it comes. When you're ready. There we go. Lock it in. Yeah, absolutely. Would. All season. All season. Six o'clock Sunday night. Phil Rothfield's written in the Telegraph, too, about the ratings, the highest rating preseason game from the weekend. What's the Dolphins game? Sunday night. Now, I know it went to extra time, but you're not on the edge of your seat for a trial. I think no. that's just a, a, an endorsement of the time slot, personally. People have got a lot on. Leave the days to, to go out and do your thing, and Sunday night, six o'clock, bring it on. All season. We'll put it on a poll. Mm. We'll put it in a poll. But, Let's but, get a poll. Let's have a big Andrew, poll how, this how, morning. How, how would the people feel that want to go to the game and 6 o'clock, they're not getting home until 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Oh, I'm talking Sunday to television viewers. Kids have got school Monday morning. <laughs> school, that's right, school. Kids, they, they all go to bed at 7 o'clock these days, don't they? <laughs> Kidding. Uh, so you Please. can talk about that. Love to hear from you. We're going to have news on the women's IPL. Wow, some of the Australian cricketers have done so well there. Big money coming into the women's game. Also, the NRLW we'll cover today. Kaylin Pong has had a bit to say. We'll play you some of that audio this morning. And, Brandy, I'm excited about the football desk. You are in a Merseyside mood today, it must be said. Um, Liverpool, big day for them. Big day. Big day. Uh, this morning. Big day. Playing Everton. Having a wretched season, really. So that's in... About 52 minutes' time, it'll kick off, and you'll you'll have the desk ready to go, correct? Covered. All covered, Andrew. And Brandy, happy Valentine's Day. You have remembered. Yes? Uh, yes. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Yes, yes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, your your tips uh, for Valentine's Day of a sporting kind. You're listening to the best of breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. The Sydney Kings are in action tomorrow night, and in their first game of the NBL Finals, we caught up with their owner, Paul Smith, as the anticipation builds for the match. But let's get to a positive right now, and that is the NBL business end of the season. Sydney Kings in with a chance of going back-to-back. Uh, we've actually got a double pass to the game to give away. We'll do that after our next interview with Paul Smith, Sydney Kings owner. But tomorrow night, if you do want tickets, they're still available through Ticketek, $35 or Family, $60. Game one of a potential three matches. Uh, it is... The Kings and the Taipans at Kudos Bank Arena. Paul Smith online. Nervous, excited, anxious. How are you, Paul? All three, Vossi, all three. I'm well, thanks, mate. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, look, certainly a little bit nervous, uh, but uh, excited by the prospect of going to the finals. It's what we've been doing all year, trying to get to this place. So here we go. 
Because they've had a good season, Paul, haven't they? Well, you know, they finished on 18 wins. Kings finished the regular season one win ahead of them. But the Taipans, that was a pretty impressive win over the Wildcats, who themselves were coming off a a, a win, and they were down some troops. Um, I don't know whether those big names, McCall and Pinder, will be right for the game tomorrow night, but Taipans got it done pretty impressively without them. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Brandy. Look, they're they're a, they're a sort of a Swiss Army knife this mob. They they can pull anything out, and uh, they seem to keep bringing you know more players out, more players emerge. You know, we're starting to see some of their bench players really start to fit into their roles. And there's no doubt it's going to be a handful for us. They're a difficult matchup. Um, they're they're up and in. They're a very defensive team, uh, and you know they they're going to do their very best to sort of stop our flow. And we like to play at a fast fast pace, so. You know, it's it's not going to be easy, but uh, you know that's what we're ready for, and the scouts end there, and we we think we're going to be going all right. Yeah. Swiss Army knife. I might use that one, Brandy. I saw Brandy writing it down as you said that. It's sort of it's sort of bad one for pulling things <laughs> Pull out. out. Anything. Um, Paul, the Paul Smith we know that we've had on this show, Paul, you you can be rather exuberant, um, but I'm detecting low key. Is that? Is that right across the board in instruction, even from, from Coach Chase Buford? We play this down a little bit. This is the business we're in. This is what we're trying Under to do. Under the radar. Under the radar. Yeah. Well said, Brandy. Good question. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah, look, I definitely try to sort of keep it on the low down. You know, we do a lot of talking early in the season. Now that now it's, now we've got to walk the walk instead of the talk. But, uh, you know, what I did like last week was... Xavier Cook's coming out and, you know, declaring that, you know, with the Sydney Kings, you know, we're the number one team. We're not worried about who we play. You know, we're just going to focus on ourselves. And I think that's a really important message. And I thought that was a big statement for the team as a whole. So, yeah, I was glad to see the guys do the talking. Um, you know, I'm, ha- I'm glad to do the watching. But, you know, I'll keep an eye on it. Um, you know, I'm always forthright when I need to be. But right now, I'm just happy for me to see the team getting on with it. But we do need the support of Sydney for this. There's no doubt about that. It's... Um, this is a really, really important game. Game one of a three-game series. You know, if you if you drop this one, it's you know you're on the back foot. So it's critical, critical for us tomorrow night to get this job done. Yeah. Paul, there's no doubt there's been a resurgence in in Australian basketball, and have you noticed it? Has it stepped up again this year as to what it was even last year? Yeah, definitely, Brandy. We've seen a really great uptick in attendances and interest, and look, this is reflected across the league. It's not just purely to Sydney. It's uh, reflected in ratings, in, in attendances and, you know, social media traffic, all the things, all the new sort of benchmarks you look at to see how you, how you're, whether your tide is rising. And we're seeing that for sure. Uh, but, you know, look, it's, a, it's, really, it's really comforting to know that the fans are coming around us and that they're, but, you know, basketball is a sport. It's a, a huge platform. It's growing so much. You know, participation rates are rising at all levels. So, you know, it's a great sport. And, you know, we feel that we're very proud to be the Sydney Kings and being able to sort of provide the high-profile face of what Sydney basketball is all about. But there's a there's a basketball community out there that just loves the sport as well. Yeah, well, Harry Voss got two baskets the other night for the first time in his uh, fledgling career. You might want to look at him. Uh, Paul, you've been a trailblazer, of course, the Christmas Day match. Um, what a shame this first final wasn't on Valentine's Day because you could have had a, a night of love. You could have promoted it around that way. I think that would have been right up your alley, Paul. Special promotion. But there is, there, there's, a, there's a bit going on before the game, isn't there? Special presentation for Xavier Cooks. Yeah, that's right, MVP. Um, it'll be the chance for our 
hometown fans to welcome him back and and give him a bit of a bit of a chant to get him going for the night. But yeah, we're proud of that. It's our third MVP in five years for the club, um, you know. And uh, you know, we we think that's an extraordinary achievement. Not just one player, three players are spread across that that stat. So. You know, it's a great opportunity for the fans to, to acknowledge Xavier. He's done an, an enormous amount of work for the club and as a player, and we're very, very proud of what he's achieved. Uh, they've got a couple Paul. in doubt, but how, how, how's the lineup? How's the Kings lineup in terms of their fitness? Mate, we are primed. We are primed. We've had a really good run. Touch wood, whatever I can find, I've get my hand on right now to sort of, you know, uh, don't get. I don't, I don't want to cross up the basketball gods, but I must say we've 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 had a pretty good run. We've uh, look, we had a, a couple of tough injuries in the last week or so on some development players. Um, Jackson McCoy suffered an ACL injury against Perth, and that's a season ender, and no doubt. And obviously, that's a that's a bit of a setback for him. But you know, hopefully, he can get that surgery completed and on the road to recovery. And one of our other uh, play other development players was injured as well in training, so. It's a real shame, um, and that, but that's part and part of the nature of it. But right now, the, the roster, the, the playing squad itself is in pretty good order. All righty, Kings v Taipans, game one of a best of three series. It's a home semi for the Kings first up. If they need a third game, it's back in Sydney as well. You can get your ticket tech, uh, tickets now via Ticketek, $35 or family, $60. Go the Kings tomorrow night, Paul. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, guys. It's going to be some snake charming tomorrow night. You're listening to The Best of Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Lee Hadjipantelis from Bryden's Lawyers joined us for sport and the law and gave us the latest of the West Tigers, John Bateman's arrival date, and an update on the CBA discussions between the NRL and the RLPA. Sport and the Law on Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. For Bryden's Lawyers, let our team of professionals help with your legal matter. So, Chair of the Lee, West good Tigers. morning. Yes, hey, uh, welcome morning. back. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Greg. Happy Valentine's Day and welcome back. Yeah, yeah, it's um, good to be back. The... Welcome to a new year. I, I, I think, I think. Let, let's just let's just start with the Tiger talk. I think there's a lot of excitement cool. around the Tigers now. I know the trial game didn't go well, but I, I pointed out my reasons as to why I, that doesn't concern me. If you think the Tigers are going well this year, uh, the players that you didn't have there, they're very inexperienced 5'8", playing a rugby boy that's just made it back, converted back to rugby league. Brandon Wakem was your halfback. Um, a lot of reasons why the trial went the way it did. Um, but in terms of the off-season, Lee, how would, you, how would you sum the off-season up? New players there, the feeling around the camp, Benji and Tim, how's it all working? Uh, Greg, exceptional. Just using uh, Tim's words for the moment, uh, as good a, a pre-season as he's ever had. Uh, and, that, and that's saying something for a man who's been involved in the game for as long as he has. Uh, there is an incredible vibe and enthusiasm. We had our season launch last night. I spoke of uh, anticipation and trepidation, more so for this season than any other. We've made such significant and generational change to that club over the last 12 months, so far as the roster's concerned, coaching structure, etc., uh, it remains to be seen where it all lands. Of course, we haven't we haven't played a game as yet, or a, you know, a, a competition game. The trial. I agree with your comments about last week. The trial is a trial for for that reason. You trial things, um, and this weekend will be a trial as well. So we'll just wait for the first you know few weeks of the season to see where we are. But you, this team is unrecognisable compared to last year. So uh, we we expect we expect big things. 
uh, Appy Coruscant announces, Captain, I will say my visit um, there filming for the fan on Fox League, Lee, was that I was, like, if you if you turned up to the ground, and it's the centre of excellence now at Concord, and looked out at the players training, you'd say, gee, he stands out, that bloke there. The, the players you've signed, you could tell the leaders out on the field. Clemmer, I've never seen look fitter. Um, Appy Coruscant, Isaiah Papali'i, they were leading out on the field at training. You could, it, was, it, was, it was notable. You could see it. It was there for all to see. And I, as I say, I've quoted the castle about a few clubs, but there was a vibe at the Tigers. Now, I don't know whether the vibe converts to win straight away, but there's certainly a very good feel there. So get excited, Tigers fans. Um, we're hoping for good things. Uh, yeah, just on, just on that, Andrew, I've just got to say, in terms of those, those players you just mentioned, their transition, their... Uh, their, their ability and to, to seamlessly ingratiate themselves into the West Tigers, the culture, the ethos, um, uh, the club itself has been phenomenal, has been so impressive. It's a testament to them. It's a testament to the other players as well who have welcomed them with open arms. But those three in particular that you mentioned, the way that they have assimilated into that club and adopted a leadership posture has been beyond impressive. Uh, John Bateman. What, what, what's the latest with him? Just, just visa hiccups, just visa dramas during this, this the difficult Christmas New Year period. Uh, it's got to go through police checks here, police checks over there. You've got to go through all the visa. He stands in line. There are no exceptional circumstances for him to jump the queue, Greg. He's just got to stand in line and wait his turn. Uh, it's a working visa, of course. It's not, a, it's not a tourist visa, which are much easier to get. It's not just for himself either. He's got to bring his wife and child out as well. So we're just going through the motions. Uh, it is frustra- beyond frustrating. I'm not going to make any excuses. You know, we would have loved to have had him here by now. Uh, but he is working hard. We, we spoke to him last night by Zoom at our season launch. He's very excited about getting here. Uh, he's doing what he needs to do, keep himself fit and trained. They're sending him all the plays. Uh, they're keeping him up to speed. But, um, you know, it remains to be said. I'll, I'll be hopeful within the next seven to ten days. But, again, that, that is just simply pious hope on my part until I get confirmation we won't be able to say exactly when he will be here. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that, that also is only going to strengthen uh, the team. You are going to be... Any, any team that has John Bateman uh, in it is going to be better um, for the competitor. And he proved that in his time with Canberra and, and of course, his illustrious career in the UK. Now, uh, because it's our first time with you this year, uh, Lee, I will get... Um, we will... The listeners will like to hear your latest thoughts and, and what you know of the CBA discussions. Where are we at... And the strike word, um, there was no action taken the first weekend of the pre-season challenge, but does the threat of a strike or something of a more serious nature of that kind still loom for round one of the NRL, potentially? I don't think so, Andrew. I spoke to our our CEO only as recently as this morning, uh, and he was quoting to me from his understanding uh, as to the progress that has been made, particularly with respect to the women's game, I would be hopeful of a resolution there in the not-too-distant future. Uh, if, the, if they can get that across the line, I would hope that the men would follow shortly thereafter. They're, they're very similar issues, of course. There are dis- distinguishing features for the women, of course, with the maternity uh, leave uh, provisions that are the subject of consideration at the moment. But generally speaking, though, there, are, there is an overlay between the men's and the women's CBA. So if they can get one across the line, I'm hopeful they can get the second one across the line. With respect to strike action, I would hope that that remains a threat and a threat only. I think the players have established some goodwill, some capital in the broader community. I think they would exhaust all of that 
if any strike action was taken. Now, just wearing my uh, legal hat for the moment, uh, a strike in itself would be uh, prima facie un unlawful. It would be a breach of their playing contract, the fundamental term of that contract. It would give the clubs the authority to terminate contracts. Uh, but putting on my chairman's hat for the moment, I think people will adopt a far more pragmatic approach. Uh, there might be some, you know, some posturing, some threats and the like, but I think, um, I think common sense at the end of the day will prevail. Well, you know how long this has uh, been dragging on for. Let's hope it comes to a finish very quickly, Lee. Uh, now, last week we had, a, or it might have been the week before, we had a problem with one of the meetings that were held. The players were in a meeting with the, the NRL, and uh, Justin Ollum, a.k.a. James Bond, spotted a someone doing a recording, recording the meeting. Now, legally, where, where, where did the NRL find themselves, or in, in fact that employee... Um, by being instructed to record, what, what's the what's the legal issues there? Well, Greg, there's no black and white here. Sorry, no grey. It's all black and white. Sorry, uh, the Surveillance Devices Act 2007 prohibits the recording of audio conversations without the consent of all parties. Now that can be distinguished from a video recording. You can record people on video, but not audio. It's a very odd distinction. Uh, therefore, if you record the conversation and then publish or communicate it to any other person, uh, a private conversation has come to your knowledge as a direct or indirect result of the use of a listening device, that is that you record it and then you pass on the contents of that conversation, it's a criminal offence subject to very significant fines and up to five years imprisonment. So you can understand why there was such blowback to the uh, discovery that someone had actually recorded a private conversation without consent. It is a, it is a criminal act. Mm. Yeah, wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> that, that spells it out. You're right. Black and white. There's no grey area here, uh, Lee. Mm. Here, here's a different one, just out of the field of rugby league, but um, this was in light of uh, the will of Shane Warne. Can, can you stop the contents of wills being made public? Uh, in light of the public finding out about Warns last week, is, is there anything there of a legal sense? Uh, yes, there is, Andrew. If you want to stop your will becoming public, die in New South Wales and not be a resident of Victoria. Uh, there is a clear distinction as between uh, the jurisdictions as to what occurs with respect to the granting of a probate. Uh, when I was preparing for this uh, yesterday and I was researching it, even I couldn't believe it, and I made a phone call to a Victorian solicitor just to confirm my understanding. But in, in New South Wales, the executor or the executrix will issue a notice uh, on the Supreme Court registry to indicate their intention to seek a grant of probate following someone's passing. And then the grant uh, of probate is made, and then there may be a further notice issued thereafter as to the intent to distribute the estate. That is it. In Victoria, though, any person legal standing or otherwise, can simply make an application to the Supreme Court by filling in a form and paying a nominal fee to recover an entire copy of the grant of probate, including any affidavits, but also the listed inventory, the assets of the estate. Why, why for public reasons would that be required is beyond me, except to explain that it happens in Victoria. That's bizarre, isn't it? That... that... <laughs> That is bizarre. Ridiculous. That would be Absolutely yeah. ridiculous that your assets could become public knowledge following your death. Mm. Yeah, well, there you go.
yeah, we, we have learnt something every day and we, that one we weren't expecting. Uh, Lee, it's going to be a, a, a very good year with you as part of the program. May I say on behalf of Brandy, all the SEN team, we can't thank you enough for the support that you have given our show, both, I, I'll be upfront financially, but also personally, the support you give us is just fantastic. Um, we value it so much, but we really value your com- contribution to the program on a weekly basis and you explain things in layman's terms like few do. Uh, Lee, just send your invoice in when you want, mate, on the legal advice front. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Greg. It's a great pleasure. I would like to just take a moment to welcome uh, the Ballina Seagulls and the Entrance Tigers into our stable of sponsored teams as well for this year. So a shout-out to those boys. The Ballina Seagulls. See, I used to go to the ground at Ballina there as a kid. used to always go, and they, uh, I've been to grand finals up there, the, the old Group 1 competition with Ballina. Wow, Ballina Seagulls. Brighton's lawyers. That's fantastic news, Lee. Well done, mate. A, a rugby league man through and through. Uh, thank you very much. Have a great day, fellas. Good on you. Yeah, Thanks, Lee. Yeah, Jim and Dennis. Yeah, I, you know what, Ballon and Seagull, I remember, because um, as a kid, my grandmother lived up that way, and I'd always have school September school holidays, which would coincide with finals time around the Group 1 comp, yep. so go to matches, Lismore Maris brothers and teams like that, the Grafton Ghosts that Katie Brown used to speak about. But Ballon mm-hmm. Seagull, beautiful little ground there at Ballina, you know, on the water and the breeze. That's a great part of the world, Brandy. Rugby League in Group 1. Yeah. It is. Need to do more. Great part of David the Mead's playing back there this year. David Mead's uh, gone back. I think Jamie Lyon played for Ballina last year. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, yes. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Killers up that way. Yep. Sport the law on breakfast with Bossy and Brandy for Bryden's lawyers. Let our team of professionals help with your legal matter. You're listening to the best of breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Phil Murphy from ESPN jumped on the line from America to give us a wrap from the Super Bowl yesterday and the celebrations on the back of the Kansas City win. Phil Murphy, on, ESPN Dan. Sports Center host, is is fantastic. Uh, been a great contributor on SEN over a long time. Um, when you talk about blokes who, who make things sound more exciting and more interesting, he's got passion. He's got passion. I think he's the go-to guy. He's our wingman today. For the Super Bowl wash-up, Brandy. Do you agree? Uh, absolutely. 100%. And Phil's on the line. Morning, Phil. Or evening, where you are. <laughs> well, it's, it's midday, but Brandy, I'm glad, uh, oh. you know, with me on the line, you said I was a good wingman. I hope that I hope that's just as true when I'm off the line. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's midday here in Phoenix. I'm sticking around a little bit. Um, the, the, the Super Bowl buzz has kind of turned into, you know, the Super Bowl morning after. Uh, a lot of confetti and, and discarded bottles around Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, but Eagle, uh, Eagle supporters have gone home sad. Chief supporters certainly far happier having won the game. I, I thought it was a great game. I really did. And, and how could you argue? Both quarterbacks were sensational. Look, Jalen Hurts, as the losing quarterback, uh, got himself into the end zone four times. Three of those touchdowns. He couldn't have been any, He couldn't have done any more, Phil, but... Patrick Mahomes just, just he's just got something special. Yeah, I mean we call it Mahomes magic, and it's not a, it's it's not a cliche. It's 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 there is something about certain players, and Tom Brady's among them. Joe Burrow's another. That the other fifty-two guys, when they get off the team bus, when they look at the one guy and say, "Well, we have a, no matter what happens, we have a chance to win today because of him." Patrick Mahomes is him for Kansas city. And you look at it now, now we're starting to do things where we, we need to start putting them in historical perspective. And I hate talking about player legacy prematurely, 
but here it, it, it's required for the context. This, this kid's 27 years old, but he has two league MVPs, two Super Bowl championships, multiple of each. The fastest to do it before he did that was Tom Brady, who did it in season 11. Mahomes has done it in season six, nearly twice the pace of Tom Brady, if you're familiar with his work. So Kansas City invested a lot of money in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's a half-billion-dollar man if all of his – and that's half-billion-dollar U.S., so multiply that times 1.4. But he just wins. He finds a way. Down 10 points or more in his career – He's 14-10. and 10. No other quarterback in the last 70 years has a winning record. And he's doing this. Regular season, playoffs, doesn't matter. But Jalen Hurts' head should be held very high. 300-plus pass yards, 70-plus rush yards, three rushing touchdowns. Not only had that never been done in the Super Bowl before, never been done in the playoffs by any quarterback, never been done in any regular season game, he did it on the grandest stage, and somehow it wasn't enough just because of the Mahomes magic, and KC pulls it out by three. Sensational analysis there, Phil. And I love the fact that you've gone Tom Petrovsky on us there. You wouldn't know what I'm talking about, but you've gone the 1.4 on the uh, money. Um, look, from an Australian <laughs> perspective, we, we had the interest, of course, with Jordan Mailata and Aaron Sipos, and it's been quite unkind, some of the tweets about Aaron after that punt. Uh, what What is the... Uh, Unpack that for us. The performance of Jordan Mailata, if you can, in, in isolation and, and reaction to Aaron Sipos. Well, I'll start with Mailata. Um, he and that Eagles offensive line, they did their part. It, it had to be demoralizing for Kansas City. Third and one, fourth and one. You know what the, the Eagles are going to do. They're going to line up their quarterback under center, and it's as close a thing as we have to a rugby scrum in the NFL as a design quarterback draw. When players are just getting low, they're going shoulder-to-shoulder, face-to-face, driving each other back. And for the game in that situation, the Eagles went four for four. Kansas City knew it was coming and had no answer for it because of Mylotta, because of other offensive linemen, Jason Kelsey and and Lane Johnson and and some of those great guys. And it just further cements Jordan Mylotta as one of the best run-blocking offensive linemen in the NFL, which is remarkable for a kid who – in a year span went from putting on pads for the first time to being drafted by a team. Then he's injured for two years with, with back problems. And, and now he's, you know, on a four year, $64 million contract and, and thus far worth every penny. So he did his job quite well. Aaron Sipos, I, I, I thought it was a little harsh. I mean, the angle from which I was standing, it was kind of hard to see the trajectory of the punt, but he did have a, a booming punt earlier in the game, 57 yards but the one that's, that's catching all the critique was a little bit of a shank. And then, you know, his return team didn't do him any favors. Kadarius Tony made a terrific play. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Sipos isn't one of the best punters in the NFL, but, man, you could do a lot worse. And, again, it's only his second year in the league. I'd be surprised if this, if this ends up being a lingering thing. I know they're quite happy with him in Philadelphia. They, they had the option to keep him on injured reserve. They thought over the course of the 14 weeks of the season that he was fit before he – hurt his ankle or foot, uh, you know, late on in the season, and they brought in uh, Kern to, to punt. He was the better option. As a, as a man who I'm sure takes a lot of pride in his craft, he's going to be kicking himself, you know. But I, I don't know. I, I, that's, not, that's not what cost Philly the game. They missed an opportunity to put it away in the first half. They allowed a defensive touchdown. And then, you know, an unfortunate holding penalty against them didn't give him a chance to get the ball back. This may be a different conversation if that flag's not thrown and the Eagles tie the game. 
Yeah, that's right. They, they, the Eagles dominated possession uh, in the first half, and Kansas City didn't spend much time on the field. And, and you're right, talking about you know, apart from you know, Hertz was great. Jalen Hurts was great, but he did drop that ball that they scored a a, a touchdown off. Um, the coaching, Phil, and not many things happen by accident on an NFL field because it's it's all set up and they got their plays. But to get done twice as they did with those two late touchdowns where the wide receiver looked like he was going across the field and then stopped and went back the other way, I, I haven't seen two touchdowns like it, certainly not in a, a Super Bowl where the player was out there on his own that was catching the ball on the attacking side. It, there was no defense near them twice, Tony and Moore. Yeah, and that's what, that's what Kansas City does so well is they, over the course of a game, they have a feel for what you want to do, they get a feel for what you do, and then they exploit it by working against your trends. And that's part of the reason Patrick Mahomes is so adept at overcoming 10-point deficits because some teams, they get down 10 points, you know, they, just, they can't really come back from it. But the Chiefs know how to counter your counter. And Andy Reid in his career now is 29-4 and four with an extra week of preparation. That's not an accident. That's not, that's not good luck. They find a way to exploit your tendencies. And despite the Eagles' terrific pass rush, they led the NFL in sacks this season. That was the question. Could Kansas City keep Patrick Mahomes upright? Well, when he's able to, before the, he even snaps the ball, know where your weaknesses are going to be and know where the wide receivers are likeliest to be open, it sounds simple but it's something that the greats of the game are able to do just better than anybody else. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning among them. You can add Patrick Mahomes to the mix and you get to those consequential downs, end zones near, you're in the red zone, guys are running pre-snap and Kadarius Tony is in his own postal code. And yeah. Sky Moore is, is you know, it's, it's, it's as vast as the yeah. sky was the space around him. It was just mm. wide open touchdowns that you or, or you know, me or Vossi, we, any of us could be getting it, getting into the end zone there if you have that kind Ooh, of thing. So, hang on, Phil. Now, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang Exactly. You, you, you got maybe the first two names. No, leave me out of it, um, Phil. But uh, up to that point, I thought your rap was fantastic. But uh, then you're throwing in that little bit of BS at the finish. That that won't, that shan't be happening. Voss could not catch, could not run. Uh, that'd be as simple as that. Phil, we have really loved not just our program, but we love having you as part of SEN as our go-to guy. And, and you wrap it up so well. And mate, you you enjoy yourself. You wind down this afternoon and um, and just soak it in. You've witnessed a, a great sporting event that this part of the world we're saying today is it's never been bigger. The Super Bowl has never been bigger in this part of the world. Um, so uh, and, get, and, and, get and don't and don't look now. Jordan Mailata is not the last non-punter to make an impact in the NFL. The NFL has their international pathway program that trains guys. Mailata went through that. Four Aussies and Kiwis are in the international pathway program now, so you'll have you, you won't have to barrack for the Eagles alone if, if you want vested interest in, in non-punters. It's it, the stock is rising amongst uh, Australian okay. players, and I don't just say that. So keep your eyes open. Good note to finish, Phil. You go on holidays now, mate. Thank you for coming on the program today. Thank you, Phil. Cheers, boys. Take care.